Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And, uh, you know, the Kane family has... Um, uh, you know, been together for many years here and uh, over the past 20 years. And uh, uh, yesterday we got some bad news with regards to one of our own and our own family as our DJ Lee Kay uh, passed on yesterday morning sometime. Uh, he was uh, found um, in his chair. Uh, not sure what uh, caused his uh, death, but uh, we here at Kane Radio will miss him. Uh, I know... Uh, We've got, uh, I had a few phone calls and some texts along with Jeff uh, yesterday with regards to Lee's passing, getting out, and we wanted our listening audience to know that, and I believe, uh, Jeff, I'll go ahead and uh, you can uh, say a little bit, I know. uh, Well, first of all, I want to bring in Jerry and thank him for coming in this morning, the owner of the station, uh, Jerry Truck, just glare, and Jerry, I know, um, you know, uh, it's never easy. Never right, easy. right. Um, it's it's a big void that's left. And uh, Lee, when we bought the station in uh, twenty two thousand one, yeah, November two thousand one, November twenty first two thousand and one. I look at uh, Lee as, like he was part of part of the station. You know, part of the equipment. He was the voice. And uh, after hearing that news yesterday, it, uh, it really, really hit me. I'm sure it hit a lot of people, but as the day went on, it, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's, it was just like this light was dimming and dimming and dimming, and uh, Lee had had that. That radio voice. No, oh, he did. And and again, it, it's it his. He's gone. You know, for folks who had seen Lee the last few weeks, uh, they probably had some concern. He was struggling uh, walking, and um, people may have noticed he took a little extra time off the last couple of weeks in and around the holidays. Uh, he had a doctor's appointment today uh, that, unfortunately, he didn't make it to. Um, but again. He had had a last uh, few rough days, and uh, our our hearts are with Thomas and Paul and um, his other extended family, cousins and uh, the like, who are around. And one of his sons, Thomas, his eldest son, um, asked us to share his thoughts. So uh, these are Thomas Klein-Peter's thoughts. Lee K. meant a lot of things to a lot of people, but to me, I was happy to call him Dad. I wish everyone had at least one day to hang out and talk to Lee Kay, because if they did, they would have said he is just uh, like he sounds on the radio. All the crazy stuff that Dad has said and talked about was the kind of thing that made knowing him so much fun. He may not have always been on the air, but you could tell when he was. And if you were around to see it, then it would surely bring a smile to your face. Every every one of his listeners gave to him so much joy and so much pleasure for him to know that they were listening and wanted to hear the next thing out of his mouth made him so happy. I thank everybody at Kane for giving me a home for uh, so long. He was truly in his prime when he was behind the microphone. 
He concludes by saying, Whenever I turned in to listen to him, it always made me smile. I hope it did the same for you. Indeed, Thomas Kleinpeter. You know, uh, Lee K goes back to this station uh, when uh, George Thompson owned it, and then uh, Donald Bonan was the general manager here back in the 60s. He was a 67 graduate of Catholic High School and uh, pretty much found his, uh, I think he went, came to work here at Kane sometime in the mid-60s. He and Don Simon, one of his classmates, and uh, off and on uh, stayed here through the radio station through uh, many years and uh, was, uh, you know, you could hear his voice and uh, he could be a little uh, out in left field at times, but that was Lee Kay and uh he uh, knew his music, uh, no one knew his music, and even with the local music and the people over the years here uh, through Kane uh, Radio, but uh, he uh, just, uh, you know, he will be missed. Uh, that's all I can say. You know, our uh, post-hurricane coverage uh, throughout the years, I'll say is second to none, and uh, Jeff, you were part of it, but you and, and Lee were there with the weather reports and, and it brought a smile to, to to Lee knowing that he he was passing vital information on to his listeners and it labor of love but a, a, a labor that 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 he really treasured and and again his his voice and his uh his persona is is going to be missed. No, you, you're right about that hurricane coverage. I remember Hurricane Lily. That was in October of 2002. It was my first storm uh, at this station, and it was about 1.30 in the morning, and we're talking to a guy named Bob from the National Weather Service, and he talked about a 20-foot flood surge uh, that was possible. At the time, it was a Category 4 or 5 storm at the time, Unfortunately, dumbed down before it made landfall uh, to still a pretty serious Category 1 storm that hit uh, all the wrong places uh, at the wrong time. But I just remember Lee and I looking at each other wondering, what are we still doing here? But that, right. but, but we wouldn't have been anywhere else. He wouldn't have right. been anywhere else. He, he wouldn't have wanted to no. be anywhere no. else. No. But, uh, again, his, uh, his commitment to this industry his commitment will be missed no doubt about it tony i know you've known him longer than any of us uh, what are your earliest uh, memories uh, of lee? Uh, lee was always one to uh he always wanted to be in the in crowd now and, and as a dj back in uh cane radio back in the and i can't recall if he worked uh in above the old castile building when kane was first uh going strong in the 50s and mid 60s and then they built uh the mr thompson built that building across from the old post office on east main not the uh, uh building at the corner of weeks in maine but a little further down on the corner of bank across from uh the post office uh the post office that was used up until the 80s and uh he would be in there with uh, his crew and mr bona uh running the station and uh lee was just uh on the air as a i want to say he was 15 16 years old on the air uh as a dj here in new iberia he had a classmate by the name of don simon i think don was in his class and uh 
they were DJs there at the radio station uh, playing music and uh, cutting up on the air. And uh, Lee, that that's my first, and I couldn't have been but a teenager then, and that was my first uh, time uh, listening to Lee Kay on the radio and he bounced on and off a few times over the years uh, a lot of people don't realize he had a mechanic shop at one time uh, here in new iberia and uh he do work on cars and uh of course his knowledge of uh engines and all came into play because of his father owning klein deco uh, a big industry here in town back in the uh 60s 70s and even 80s and Lee Kay uh, would bounce back and forth to the station uh, with the owners. And, uh, you know, he even did a little gig in, in Lafayette in later years uh, that I'm aware of uh, at a station there and uh, pl- played music and all. And uh, he's just he he's just here. I mean, what more can you say? Probably the longest serving employee of Kane Radio that I'm aware of. I can't think of anyone else that uh, was at this station any longer than he has been over the years. Yeah, you're you saying his gig in Lafayette, uh, his c- commitment to radio in New Iberia and public uh, broadcasting, uh, big band music. Uh, he was a, a huge fan of uh, big band music, and that was uh, his weekend gig, basically. He'd leave here to go do to spin records or vinyl excuse me and he never got out of it you know it was seven days a week Uh, that's right and and we're jeff and i and teddy are also familiar he had an infatuation with trains yes i mean i'm talking big infatuation with trains (laughs) and he'd be playing music and he'd be you'd hear the train whistles on the other board that we have here (laughs) through the through that and he and his sons would take trains to new orleans uh to to to, you just enjoy the ride to new orleans and take the train friday evenings and then come back on Saturday mornings on the Sunset Limited and uh, just uh, enjoying that time uh, in New Orleans just for maybe 8 to 10, 12 hours and uh, uh, his his enjoyment with trains just uh, uh, you could hear him with, with the whistles on his side when the music was playing. Uh, so uh, just one of his, uh, I guess, uh, idiosyncrasies. That, uh, yeah, his his knowledge uh, of the area. He would make the 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 perfect uh, uh, person to to be. Uh, the, the Chamber of Commerce and, and, and to take a crowd. You're looking for that tourist guy. Yeah, the Tourist Commission. <laughs> oh, they, they, they perfect slot for him. I even, you know, he played, a lot of people don't realize in vi- some videos that were made years later, he played Weeks Hall. Uh, yes. The, the last owner of the Shadows. And he played Weeks Hall in some of these videos when the public broadcasting would do odds and ends on the on Louisiana legends and all, and uh, he also uh, did. I think he had a, uh, a card with the uh, the uh, Actors Bureau, uh, uh, and he was a uh, part time in some of these movies. He would chase around uh, productions uh, as late as I don't know if he did anything after the uh, most recent James Lee Burke movie uh, in two thousand seven eight. I'm not sure if he uh, went to any of those uh, other opportunities for casting calls or extras uh, yeah. not 
kind of a thing, but he, he loved that. Yeah, he was in that movie with Everybody's All-American with mm-hmm. Dennis Quaid and that crowd uh, when they filmed it up in Baton Rouge back in, I want to say, the late 80s. Uh, I know he was part of that movie. Uh, he was in a few shots. Didn't think he had any lines that I'm aware of, but he was in that movie. And as you said, the James Lee Burke movie in The Electric Mist, uh, The Confederate Dead, was the name of the book that they turned into a movie here back in 06, 05, 07. It was, it was 07, there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, somewhere in that. Uh, I know uh, he was involved in that. And uh he enjoyed that. He really did, and uh, made a few bucks off of it. Not didn't become wealthy by any sense of the means, but uh, those things he enjoyed uh, thoroughly. And uh, what more can I say? Even uh, he, the the one limit he had, Jeff and you and I both know. He his his sports background was very limited. As both of us uh, being. Uh, uh, Pretty much sports oriented. Uh, his sports uh, background was limited. He had a, a brief knowledge of it, but uh, not as much as he did with local music with some of the old singers back in the day uh, that had come through New Iberia and from the Lafayette area. But he knew those, those 50s and 60s music hounds that uh, made uh, the Cajun music pretty popular back in the day. Great radio historian. Yes, that's probably perfectly uh, accented on that. Well, Melo Jar was. Will never taste the same. Leake in the coffee club. Uh, no doubt. You know, and you know, uh, for folks who knew of, of Lee, uh, the last couple of years have been kind of tough. Uh, it was two years ago in February that um, he, his house caught fire, and he was displaced for um, several uh, eighteen months or so. Uh, he finally moved into the house about two months ago, maybe just short of two months ago, and he was very optimistic and. Well, I tell you what, to um, for all the carpenters, the uh, electric uh, plumbers, uh, he was so appreciative of their efforts, uh, and he was so pleased with the way the house was coming together that uh, that adds to the heartbreak of all this. Right. Uh, because I think he was ready to settle in there and hopefully be there for another couple of decades, but um, it wasn't to be. Well, he's uh, doing the DJ work up in heaven right now and he's got a big listening audience and he'll always be uh in the airwaves with us yeah to say the least during tesh matters i would invite anyone who wants to call in uh, their memories of him i would welcome those calls beginning uh, after the 10 o'clock news but any final thoughts before we take a break all i'm gonna say uh Thank you to the Klein-Peter family and uh, Paul and uh, Thomas. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're here for them. But uh, Lee Klein-Peter, uh, I'll say uh, an excellent, very, very good employee for tell you what, let, let 20 me tell plus you. years. Up, up until the fire and then the health issue had uh, immediately following that, it was... The most peace of mind. I, I could go to bed every night knowing that Lee was going to be here at 6 without fail. You know, and then, of course, the fire and the health issue, um, and he took a, a few months off. But there's something that I will always remember knowing that I didn't have to worry. I didn't have to turn on the radio at 6 to make sure someone was here. It, it was solid. He lived for radio. Yeah. Man, didn't ask for a lot of time off when he did. You know, you wanted to give it to him because he didn't take enough time off. And um, but again, um, I, I'm gonna 
just close my part out saying, God bless you, Lee. We will miss you. We love you. Tony, you want to take us out? Yes, um, of course, uh, with Lee Kay, um, my um, knowledge of him and seeing him around school when we were kids uh, back in the 60s, uh, and just hearing him on the radio with Lee Kay, uh, didn't have any kind of, I kind of recall if he had any kind of sign-off, can't recall that over the years, but uh, he will be missed, uh, the voice of Kane Radio, uh, for um, 50-plus years is what you could say. Lee was uh, 73 years of age. His birthday was December 10th, 1949, and uh, will be missed by this station. And uh, and to let Thomas and uh, Paul know that uh, our deepest sympathy go out to them, and uh, we look forward to uh, uh, keeping him in our memories and our prayers. No doubt. More during Tesh Matters. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. The Quarter Tavern, recently named a top 10 bar in Louisiana by bestthingslouisiana.com, they said you'll have a whole night of fun at Quarter Tavern. This popular hometown bar in New Iberia always serves up a great time. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's, the best ring prices in the Berry. Domestic beer, just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the NFL playoffs and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Athletic Field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Just to reiterate uh, the passing of Lee Kay over the weekend, uh, we want our listeners to update and uh, give us some phone calls and your thoughts on Lee Kay during Tesh Matters between uh, a little after 10 to 1 o'clock. And with that, uh, here in the NFL, well, uh, the final weekend has come and gone and the 14 teams for the playoffs are all lined up right now as uh, football action will take place here in the uh, coming, uh, coming uh, weekend. Uh, of course, Saturday we have the Seahawks playing the, the seventh-ranked Seahawks. They slide on in when the Lions beat the Packers last night. So the number seven Seahawks will be at uh, number two 49ers. That's going to be a Saturday game at approximately, uh, I want to say, uh, 
five or uh, four uh four three thirty three thirty our time then the number five chargers take on the jaguars at uh, seven fifteen on sunday a whole host of games in the nfl as the uh, number seven dolphins will be at the number two bills for a noon kickoff the giants who got on in uh, will face the number three vikings over in minnesota and that's another uh 3.30 kickoff, and then Monday night, I think, is this the first time a Monday night playoff game has taken place? The Cowboys will face the Buccaneers down in Tampa, and, of course, that's a 7.15 uh, uh, kickoff here on Monday night on ABC and ESPN, and for the fifth time since 1970, merger, every game in the opening round is a rematch for the from the regular season. That's strange. Anyway, uh, so we'll see how things will take off uh, this weekend. Of course, the Lions played the Spoilers. You know, if the Packers had won, they were in. But uh, they were defeated uh, Monday night, uh, I mean, excuse me, uh, Sunday night over in uh, Lambeau Field 20-16 to as Aaron Rodgers will have the entire postseason to ponder his future. And uh, getting back to the uh, Saints, gee, uh, of course, the first headline I see in the paper this morning is the Saints need to really scramble and think what their quarterback options will become uh this uh for the following fall of course this fall in the year 2023 and jeff if you know as well as i do even though andy dalton had a pretty good game yesterday they, the saints just couldn't punch it in and they did a pretty good job defensively but uh whoa well you can't argue about the defense except and uh, we heard some comments or could hear some comments later today uh from um I forget the defensive player who says, you know, we, we lost too many games too late. Yeah. You know, holding early leads, but not holding on to those leads. And you just can't. That's not sustainable. Yeah. Period. And the Saints won, what, maybe uh, three out their last four, four out their last five. Uh, played pretty well. The defense finally got their act together. We're playing pretty well, holding teams down. But the, the games that got away from them, the two Tampa Bay games, the uh, Minnesota game over in London, uh, elsewhere the Pittsburgh Steelers game where the offense was just archaic. And then you have uh, some other games that come to mind with regards to even yesterday. Uh, of course, they did, of all things, they go and beat the Browns and the Eagles up in Cleveland and Philadelphia. And you think back home, they could handle uh, Carolina pretty easily. But, uh, of course, when the Packers won last weekend, they were pretty much knocked out the playoffs. So, uh, and we'll have uh, Bob Rose on uh, at the 8 o'clock hour to give us some of his thoughts and viewpoints. But, you know, um, and then you see on the network yesterday that Sean Payton, they're asking him the tough questions with regards to um, the uh, opportunities uh, for him. And uh, he basically stated it's going to come down to management ownership that where he's going to possibly choose his next uh, uh, area of coaching. So um, with the Saints, and the Saints don't have a, uh, or I should say Denver doesn't have a number one draft choice. They traded it away for Russell Wilson. And uh, so it'll be interesting that, to that see. That turned out to be a bad move. Cool. Man, My goodness. Stinky poo, is, uh, as they say, uh, in that regard. You're right. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, how many games did he miss and how poorly did he play? And um, a lot to uh, think about. So, uh, you know, their talk that he, you know, the people, oh, he's going to go to Dallas, uh, San Diego, uh, Arizona, 
And don't know if uh, the coaches that were fired yesterday, uh, have you? Uh, Houston uh, did fire Lovey Smith. Smith, okay. I think they fired a defensive coordinator in Cleveland, uh, but I think that's the only firing I heard since yesterday. Today is often a day where uh, a lot of head coaches yeah, bring in get your the playbook. Axe. Black Monday. <laughs> that it is. Uh, bring in your playbook in that regard. So, uh Anyway, uh, we'll see what uh, transpires during the course of the week. Of course, the Saints, uh, uh, I think the big thing, the headlines uh, in the, uh, out of the paper out in New Orleans basically stated that uh, the Saints need to ponder uh, quarterback situations. So, and as Bob Rose mentioned to us last week, he thought that uh, the Saints would be looking for a quarterback or two uh, as uh, I think Andy Dalton's in the last year of his contract. Not sure about Jameis Winston. Might have another year. A restructured Michael Thomas's contract, so uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be on the trade market or or possibly uh, – I can't see him cutting in, but we'll see what uh, befalls uh, Thomas, who hadn't played uh, but maybe a, a game or two this year before he got hurt again. In the meantime, uh, we want to go ahead and maybe take that phone call before we go to our break. Yeah, let's uh, say, hello, you're in the air. Well, thought uh, we had that call, but uh, apparently they didn't want to be on the air. Got, got another call coming in? Fortunately, it went to the rollover line. Okay. They'll need to call back if okay. they would like to. All right, well, let's go ahead and take our first break here on Bayou Sports uh, here on a big Monday morning. Yeah, on FM 107.5 and AM 1240, we'll be back with more right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 360 365- 252357 Schwing Insurance 300 East Main across from the shadows The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. The Quarter Tavern, recently named a top 10 bar in Louisiana by bestthingslouisiana.com, they said you'll have a whole night of fun at Quarter Tavern. This popular hometown bar in New Iberia always serves up a great time. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's, the best drink prices in the Berry. Domestic beer, just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the NFL playoffs and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Hi, this is Boxcar Badgerow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Road, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Hi, this is Larry Miller from your local McDonald's. We are committed to helping restaurant employees further their education and achieve their dreams. Whether that means helping them finish high school, earn an associate's or bachelor's degree from a college or university, pick up a trade at trade school, or even learn English. 
our employees can earn up to $3,000 a year for education. McDonald's in education, I'm loving it. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, uh, January the 9th, uh, here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And, uh, of course, if you're a college football fan, tonight is the night as the Georgia Bulldogs take on the TCU Horned Frogs uh, tonight in Los Angeles with one powerhouse seeking uh, back-to-back titles and one underdog hoping to become college football's most unlikely champion in decades. And, boy, is that the tr- I still can't believe the Bulldogs are 12-and-a-half-point pick uh, in the biggest favorite in college football national championship history. The favorite has won every title game since 2017 and six of eight overall. Of course, TCU last year was 5-7, and seven, and uh, the last team to have a losing record the year before winning a national championship was in 1965 in the coaches' poll when Michigan State, which went 4-5 and five in 64. Elsewhere, 8 straight. This is the 8 straight college football uh, playoff title game at at least one team from the SEC. And the conference has won 25 games in the college football playoff history, while every other league has combined to win 11. Uh, Georgia only allows about 80 yards a game rushing, the fewest in the nation, and don't expect TCU's rushing attack to hit their average of 204 yards uh, tonight. Uh, Anyway, TCU has 21 plays from scrimmage to gain at least uh, 50 yards in this season, two more than any other team. Georgia has yielded only six-plus plays in that regard. And meanwhile, uh, 21-43 miles away, Georgia Bulldog mascot Ugga the 10th didn't make the cross-country trip to SoFi uh, Stadium. He'll be cheering from his home in Savannah. Six seasons later, the last time these teams played was in the Liberty Bowl, which Georgia won 31-23. The Bulldogs went 8-5 and five that year. Kirby Smart's first in Athens in the six seasons since. Check this out. He's 72-10. and 10. In the 84 years, if the Horned Frogs pull off the upset, it will set a record for the longest span between national championships. TCU's only other title came in 1938, and the Heisman winner behind him was Davey O'Brien. Of course, I think uh, the quarterback award in collegiate football is named after him. Anyway, uh, we'll see. Uh, that takes place tonight. Uh, and, Jeff, if, if, uh, my memory serves me correctly. That's like a 6.30 kickoff tonight, too. ESPN is promoting it as a 6.30 start time. And, uh, again, whether that is uh, still a little bit of pregame as part of that. But uh, everybody is showing 6.30 as if that's the kickoff, not necessarily broadcast time. I'm sure... They're going to do pregame probably beginning at 5 or something to that effect. Yeah, that's going to be on ESPN tonight, uh, uh, the network. And um, it's going to be interesting. Both teams average almost 40 points. Uh, Georgia's uh, TCU averages uh, two more points a game than uh, Georgia, believe it or not. They're averaging 41 points a game. Uh, uh, Georgia's averaging a little over 39. Uh, TCU has 474 yards of total offense in each game. That's 13th in the country, while Georgia's right at 495, which is 8th. Elsewhere in throwing a football, TCU's right at 270 yards a game. That's 29th in the country. Elsewhere, Georgia's at 293, which is 15th. Rushing yards, as I mentioned, TCU a little over 200, 204. Uh, Georgia at 202. Uh, 20th and 23rd in the country. Third down conversions. This should be interesting. TCU's right at 41%, which is 
uh, in the country, while Georgia is at 49-7, which is eighth in the country. Elsewhere, TCU on fourth down is at 56, uh, at 47th in the country. Georgia at 86%, which is number one in the country on fourth down conversions. Elsewhere, time of possession, uh, TCU a little over 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 49 seconds, 51st, while Georgia comes in at 33 minutes and 34 seconds, which is 13th defensively, which I think where the game is usually won. Uh, TCU gives up uh, 26 points a game, which is 64th in the country. Georgia only 15 points a game, which is 5th. Elsewhere in total yards, uh, TCU gives up 395, which is 78th in the country. Georgia 305, which is 11th. And passing 244 for uh, TCU, which is 93rd in the country. Meanwhile, Georgia has 225, which is 65th in the country, giving up yardage. And elsewhere, rushing yards, TCU gives up 152, which is 70th. Georgia at 80 yards a game. So uh, pretty much, like I said, we'll see. But Georgia's defense lately has been giving up some points. Ohio State scored with oh, 41 yeah. on them. And uh, even uh, LSU scored 30 points on uh, Georgia in the SEC championship game. So uh should be pretty interesting uh, all the way around tonight, uh, approximately a 6.30 kickoff. And I'm thinking it's going to be 6.45 or something, 6.40, something of that nature with regards to uh, a kickoff, uh, Jeff. So um, interesting Will, will that game be on ESPN Radio? <laughs> yes. There you go. <laughs> All right. That's uh, 100.3 on the dial. We Our sister stream, station, we of course. stream that game tonight. Pardon? Yeah, streaming uh, yes. 103, yes. 100.3. Legally or not, we are streaming it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, in the meantime, uh, uh, just uh, other interesting news uh, here uh, on Bayou Sports here this morning. Uh, of course, noted again this morning, uh, uh, a heartfelt heartbreak here at Kane Radio, the uh, loss of uh, Lee K. I. D. J. Uh uh, throughout the course of the morning, uh, Jeff, during uh, Test Matters, will uh, take phone calls uh, for a little history of people who want to go come on the air. And uh, just give us a little background on Lee Kay. And uh, with regards to his passing, he will be missed with the Kane family. And uh, that's just about uh, what more can I say. Anyway, uh, elsewhere in uh, sports around the country, uh, uh, trying to see, uh, of course, with uh, the playoffs being enacted, uh, of course, the Saints – Number one draft choice, uh, Philadelphia will be picking 10th. Uh, Houston, Jeff, they were basically playing for the number one draft choice yesterday. And they pull out a squeaker. At the end, they, they were leading early. And I was I'm, I'm watching scores. I had the NFL Network on, and they were bouncing around the league. And I'm looking, thinking, Lovey Smith going to give the Bears a gift. And uh, then they lose the lead. And I'm thinking, Lovey's throwing the game. And then they find a way to come back and win late, and the Bears uh, have a number one pick. They've only had two first-round draft picks in the franchise's history, and from what I understand, they were both busts. I'm trying so to maybe this is a gift we don't need. I don't know. They hit it pretty big in that 65 draft when they took Dick Butkus and Gail Sayers. Uh, you can't have two or more finer players than that uh, on the Bears team. Of course, they wanted their – uh, other than their Super Bowl 85 team, uh, 
the Bears uh, were national champs in uh, 63, the one year Green Bay didn't win the, next, mm-hmm. the, the championship. And George Hallis, that was his last title he won. And I'm pretty sure that game was played at Wrigley Field, if my memory serves I'm me correctly. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. I, I remember an old clipping. Yeah, because I can remember Bill Wade was the quarterback of that Bear team and uh, playing the Giants. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Y.E. Tittle was the quarterback was. for was. the uh, Giants in that particular day. And Willie Gallimore, along with, I'm trying to think of the other, uh, Rick Caceres was the fullback on that Bear team. Mike Ditka, the tight end on that Bear team. Uh, Bill George, one of the linebackers, mm-hmm. a famous linebacker. Richie Pettibone, who ended up coaching for the Redskins a couple years. Uh, Tulane Grab uh, was on that defensive halfback on that team. Uh, Dave Wetzel, who ended up playing with the Saints uh, expansion team. Uh, and they, they mentioned him yesterday on the air during the Saints game. He had 10 interceptions his first year with the Saints in 67. And I don't think that's been eclipsed uh, in that first year. David Wetzel was with the Saints that year. I think the Saints picked him up in the expansion draft and I might have played a year or two more with the Saints but that was about it so uh, anyway the Bears number one draft choice uh, Mr. Bear uh, who do you think they're looking at yeah and whether or not they keep it okay. because oh, you know uh, but but one of the things and you mentioned the 85 team uh, they built around the draft uh, they did. and they built linemen they, they didn't get a lot of flashy skill players they got some gritty defensive and offensive linemen and that's what built that team. That's what opened doors for Walter Payton, who had been you know, drafted uh, seven, eight years earlier than the 83 draft, which a lot of people look at uh, was the foundation of the Bears teams of the 80s. The Fridge and Wilbur Marshall. So, you know, even though, yeah, maybe a quarterback is the best player available. But they got they, a good quarterback. Exactly. And so you either trade that number one pick or you just find the best defensive lineman out there because – you, you could tell that's where the Bears Bears scored a lot of points, but they gave up a lot of points, and they traded away the core of their defense to start the season to get a whole bunch of draft picks that they will have at their disposal. So, again, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that top pick. Yeah, and I'll be, it should be also interesting to see what the Saints do, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast with regards to the quarterback situation uh, you know, Andy Dalton's got to be in his mid-30s now. Jameis Winston's oh, yeah. been in the league for eight to ten years. Uh, and, again, something happened that Jameis Winston didn't get that starting job back yeah. or at least an opportunity to play. Did he even take a snap in the last I, five or six season, I, weeks? I, I, um, I can't recall. I can't recall him yeah. taking a, a get hit in the field yeah. in that regard. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure the Saints – Earlier this year, uh, signed him, or I say earlier this year, meaning the year 2022 in March, February, signed him to a two-year deal. So he's still got another year left on that uh, contract. Not sure how that's going to work out. Uh, You know, remember the Saints drafted the kid out of Notre Dame a couple years ago. He played a little bit last year, but uh, didn't excite the fans. Uh, Just had some average to below average games uh, with regards to the Saints. Teddy Bridgewater did a pretty good job while he was there, uh, subbing for Drew Brees a couple times, and uh, and I'm you know Taysom Hill is just not the man for the quarterback job full time. So, uh, but, but do I want him on my sideline? Uh, oh, I, I think he's I, still absolutely. got a few good years left in him. You know, he started getting up in age. He's thirty two, thirty three now, and how many more shots can he take uh, on special teams or or uh, uh, running a uh, 
from the Wildcat with the Saints. So um, a lot of discussion will happen over the next uh, few months. Of course, the draft is usually late April. Uh, a lot of jockeying uh, will probably take place, like you said. Will the Bears hold on to that number one pick uh, in that regard? Who knows? Uh, but in the meantime, there will be a lot of jockeying and uh, for players and contracts, free agent markets. I'm sure they – you know, Drew Brees, who would have thought he would have had the years he had with the Saints when the Saints picked him up uh, between the Dolphins and the Saints, and uh, the Dolphins weren't uh, satisfied with uh, his, uh, I guess, injury uh, and his uh, coming back from that injury. But uh, the Saints took a chance, and he became a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, and it wasn't a tough reach for the Saints to make that decision. True. Uh, they didn't have a big stable of quarterbacks at the time, and they were going through uh, some tough years, the Katrina years and the couple of years before that. Um, Oh, I'm trying to remember the head coach at the time. Oh, uh, it was um, oh, blindhead Hazlitt. Hazlitt, Jim Hazlitt, and you know uh, he did get him to the playoffs his first year and as won head a game coach and, and won be- the yeah. first game and beat the Rams. But after that, it seemed like it was all downhill, and then Katrina hit. Yeah, uh, and and it was so three- it was time to make a change, and uh, they got lucky, caught yeah. fire. Everything did work out in that regard. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our next break. You're listening to Kane Radio. Here by your sports here on FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Pay for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs. Great people. That's Danos. What does the 50th anniversary of Title IX mean? It means I'm valued. I'm empowered. I can do anything. It means I'll pave the way for every girl who plays high school sports in the future. Just like every female student, coach, official, and administrator blazed the trail for me. Because every student deserves the opportunity to play. Encourage girls you know to participate in Louisiana high school sports. 
This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Monday, January the 9th. And if you're just joining us uh, this morning, I uh, just want to convey to our listening audience that uh, uh, earlier in the broadcast on Bayou Sports, we were acknowledging Lee Kay, who passed away over the weekend uh, with his uh, time with Kane Radio. It was just uh, infectious as people enjoyed listening to him uh, day in and day out here on Kane Radio, but the passing of Lee Cape. So uh, just wanted to break that uh, back and that during the morning on Tesh Matters with Jeff Boggs, it, we'd like to hear people call in and give us a little uh, testimony with Lee and their, their remembrance of Lee uh, through the years here on Kane Radio. Meanwhile, uh, to all you uh, football widows out there, uh, college football is going to end up tonight. So uh, hopefully uh, you can see some of your hubby again uh, in that regard. And, uh, you know, by the numbers, the NFL accounted for 82 of the top 100 uh, most watched U.S. TV broadcasts the, this past year. As uh, a report coming out, football was a second with five. Uh, I should say college football. In the full breakdown, uh, NFL, uh, for people who are watching uh, television, the NFL 82 times uh, captured the audience, college football five times, politics four times, World Cup three times, uh, college uh, basketball two times, the Olympics, along with uh, the Thanksgiving parade, believe it or not, the Academy Awards and the Kentucky Derby. And uh, between the lines of the the 50th most-watched sporting events last year, 45 were NFL games, three were college football games, one was the World Cup final, which led uh, into the NFL, and one was a night of the Olympics that aired after the Super Bowl, and what to watch? Well, last year's college football playoff title game drew 22, almost 23 million viewers that ranked 34th on the 2022 list. Where will tonight's game rank for 2023? Uh, Good, uh, Good suggestion. Not sure will that be uh, at all. Uh, in the meantime, in other uh, sporting news, uh, looking at everything uh, with regards to, uh, to that uh, state of play, uh, just looking around uh, for co-leaders. Of course, tonight at 5, uh, you can catch uh, chip shots uh, here. Uh, we won't have the first year's Catholic High Coaches Show until next Monday night when new head football coach Matt Desimo will be on the air with us to talk about the Panthers and uh, his take on the game and also introduce him to our listening audience here uh, as uh, he was out of coaching the past year and uh, was the head football coach at Ascension Episcopal uh, for a few years. He was also uh, an assistant under his brother Mike, who is now the head football coach over with the Raging Cajuns this weekend. Also want to mention to uh, our listening audience also that uh, we'll have Bob Rose on to talk about the Saints and more uh, here at the 8 o'clock hour here on Kane Radio. And um, the, also I'm just scanning through some uh, info here with regards to uh, uh, football. Anyway, um, well, uh, let's talk about ahead. the things that didn't happen. Go, I'm ready. Co- coin flips. Oh, yes. To determine home field advantage. Uh, you know, the NFL was, I know, praying for Kansas City to win on Saturday. That was the first game of the weekend, and uh, Kansas City dominated in Oakland. Um, of course, their backup quarterback, a lot of questions about why the backup quarterback in Oakland, uh, Oakland, Las Vegas, was uh, 
still not playing a game, especially one that had playoff impact to it. Uh, but obviously they're trying to keep Derek Carr. But then more more noticeable was the Baltimore-Cincinnati game yesterday and the importance there for Cincinnati to win so that they didn't have to go through that coin flip scenario of maybe who would host that game. And it was also interesting to see that Indianapolis uh, opted not to host a neutral AFC title game if there was going to be a neutral site. Indianapolis said no, and I'm kind of curious why. <laughs> yeah, that's Jim Mersey. No telling what uh, would come out of his mouth in that regard. So, uh, you know, earlier this year he uh, – he mentioned, uh, along with, uh, of course, with the Snyder incident uh, over in Washington, uh, you know, he was the first to bring it up. Then he said, well, you know, we hadn't heard all the facts yet. No telling what comes out of Ursay's uh, mouth in that regard. So, uh, in the meantime, like you said, uh, coin flips. I really felt they should have called the the Buffalo-Cincinnati game a tie. Uh, how can you uh, – uh, of course, they called it, what, a no contest? Yeah. And uh, I, I would have thrown a tie out there. Just, uh, I just think that would have been fair for everyone uh, in that regard. But uh, that's not what the NFL had to say. And uh, uh, we'll move on uh, with that as the Chiefs took over the number one uh, seed. But, you know, Buffalo, they beat the Bengals. Uh, they're the number one seed in all uh, – Man, what a game yesterday that they run back the opening kickoff for a touchdown uh, to set precedent on that game. Uh, just remarkable. And then later on in the game, the same kid runs back to kickoff again for two touchdowns. And, of course, Buffalo ends up uh, winning that game. And uh, But uh, with that, they are the number two seed. Is that correct? Uh, not Cincinnati, right? Yeah, that, Buffalo's yeah. the number two seed. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, of course, in the NFL yesterday, if you didn't uh, – here are all the scores. Uh, Carolina, on last-second field. I thought the Saints had a chance when Sorensen intercepted that pass. I said, well, we, we get a first down or two. We get in field goal range. Well, kick it. you know, earlier in the game, and I was going to bring this up to Bob, uh, but, um, you know, the chances, you know, Will Lutz missed the one field goal uh, attempt, and then they passed on a couple other possibilities. They went for it on fourth and short a couple of times and right. looked miserable both times doing it. But, boy, did that end up hurting a game that could have, may have been, you know, 16-7 to at the end uh, instead of 7-7 to at the end before that final field goal by Carolina. Yeah, Kansas City ends up beating uh, the Raiders in Las Vegas uh, 31-13 elsewhere. Jacksonville earns their first playoff spot downing uh, Tennessee. They win the division, uh, the AFC South, 20-16 to uh, as they take down the Titans elsewhere. Of all things, of course, Tom Brady, I, I think he played the first half. I don't think he played much in the second half against Atlanta. The Atlanta beats uh, Tampa Bay 30-17. to uh, Elsewhere, Buffalo takes down New England 35-23. Uh, Minnesota gets by the Bears 29-13 late uh, last yesterday afternoon. Cincinnati uh, beats Baltimore 27-16. Houston with a last-second touchdown, and they go for two and win the game 32-31 over Indianapolis in Indianapolis. The Jets uh, losing a baseball score-type game 11-6 to Miami. Pittsburgh, Mike Hamlin, uh, Tomlin keeps his uh, winning streak alive. He hadn't had a losing season with the Steelers. They take down Cleveland 28-14. to Just missed the playoffs, though, too. That's right, yeah. too. That is correct. Elsewhere, Denver uh, beats the Chargers 31-28. Uh, the Eagles take down the Giants 
42 to 16, but both teams make it into the playoffs. So the Eagles, I think, are the number one-seeded team in the uh, NFC. Elsewhere, San Francisco, who is a team I think you got to watch, uh, Brock Purdy, man. <laughs> He's coming off the bench and uh, playing like a veteran. They take down Arizona 38-13. to uh, The Seattle beats, boy, the Rams, a defending uh, Super Bowl champ, 19-16. to Of course, Seattle sneaks in with the Lions taking down the Packers, and uh, the Seattle comes in as the seventh uh, ranked team. Uh, they'll be playing a wild card this week. Elsewhere, Dallas didn't look good at all yesterday, and I'm sure they're scratching their head as the Commanders beat them 26-6. Uh, in Washington, and last but not least, the game last night, which uh, uh, the Lions beat uh, Green Bay late as they score 20-16, to and uh, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is wondering uh, what's going to take place there. So, uh, Right now, that's uh, NFL action uh, through the course. They've got the playoffs this coming weekend. And uh, uh, right here, I'm getting a little text here that Denver has the number one uh, next year. He came via trade with Miami, so it's a pick Miami had from San Francisco. So it's going to be San Francisco's number one, which will be very late in the first round. So a little text here by a listener in that regard. Elsewhere, uh, stay tuned uh, here at the 8 o'clock hour. We're going to have uh, Bob Rose on, talk a little about, about the Saints. Of course, last week he mentioned the Saints will be looking for a quarterback next year. His, uh, his uh, thought process came uh, pretty much alive, too, after yesterday's game. So you listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio. We'll be back uh, with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. The Quarter Tavern, recently named a top 10 bar in Louisiana by bestthingslouisiana.com, they said you'll have a whole night of fun at Quarter Tavern. This popular hometown bar in New Iberia always serves up a great time. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's, the best drink prices in the very domestic beer, just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the NFL playoffs and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. 
As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Monday, January the 9th. And on the line with us uh, as he is each Monday morning, Bob Rose. Uh, Bob, uh, good morning and uh, welcome to the show as always. And, uh, of course, uh, the Saints yesterday, kind of yesterday's game kind of told us what the season was like. Good good morning, guys. And yeah, it sure did. Listen, I'm not going to lie. I have never, ever been so happy to see a season end in my, in my entire time of being a fan of this team. I mean, yeah, the, the, the game was just a culmination to an infuriating, confusing, and just overall disappointing year. Yeah, you know, you'd uh, had the spotlight on last week when you addressed the uh, quarterback situation with the Saints and uh, yesterday's. You know, we were pondering uh, doing a break here earlier. Uh, Jameis Winston didn't hit the field. Uh, I don't think he even held for an extra point uh, or anything after, what, uh, maybe the fourth or fifth week in the season. And uh, Andy Dalton took it over, and there was some – plays by Dalton or games that Dalton kind of didn't uh, play well and uh, didn't give uh, Winston even a chance. Do you have any insight on maybe why Winston didn't even hit the field in the last half of the year? Uh, No, you're right. Uh, The the last snap that Winston took for the New Orleans Saints was back in week three against, ironically, the Carolina Panthers. And, guys, I believe that that's going to be Jameis Winston's last snap as a New Orleans Saint, period. Uh, Dennis Allen made it clear. I mean, you know, obviously Winston was badly hurt, uh, you know, and, and unable to play for, my guess is about a month realistically, maybe even as long as six weeks. Uh, you know, but after that, uh, you know, I, I remember having conversations with different members of the New Orleans media at the Pittsburgh game, uh, which I believe was back in week 10. And, you know, uh, Jameis at that point, had broken his silence to a certain extent. And he did say that, yeah, he was healthy enough to play. Uh, and yeah, he didn't understand why he wasn't given a shot. So that was an indication to all of us that De- yeah, Dennis Allen, <sighs> look, it's not a coach's responsibility to be forthright with fans and media. I understand that. It is a coach's responsibility to be forthright and upfront with the players in your locker room. And that was a clear indication to me that, at least in Jameis Winston's case, that this was not the case. If the player doesn't understand why he's not playing and he deems himself healthy enough to go out, then someone needs to say something. Uh, I think Dennis Allen made it very clear in his actions that – Jameis Winston was not his guy at quarterback. He clearly felt more comfortable with Andy Dalton. And yeah, D.A. is a, an a ultra-conservative coach. We know that. We figured that out for very quickly. Uh, and you know, Dalton typically is not going to make you know, the, the, the mistakes that a player like Jameis Winston is because Dalton just doesn't take the, the chances. Uh, yeah, he, he himself is a conservative quarterback. So I, I think that that fit alongside with what Dennis Allen wanted to accomplish. But remember, what Dennis Allen wanted to accomplish resulted in a 7-10 and 10 finish and an absolutely abysmal offense for most of the year. 
Yeah, you're right about that too, uh, Bob. In the, that regards, of course, the Saints uh, have a possibility of maybe getting a number one draft choice if uh, Sean mm-hmm. Payton decides to sign on with a team that has a number one draft choice. So uh, uh, that we'll see how that'll come to fruition. Uh, in the meantime, through the next few months. Uh, uh, Saints management ownership uh, have to make some decisions. I'm sure Mrs. Benson uh, will uh, control pretty much the strings on that decision. But uh, uh, Mickey Loomis has got a lot, uh, a lot of looking up to do and see what's uh, what's the future of the Saints. And uh, there are a lot of players. I think that uh, their contracts run out this year or have options, and uh, a lot of decisions need to be made in that regard. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, as the saying goes, there's no rest for the wicked. Uh, you know, the, the, this team has a ton of decisions, uh, you know, a ton of positions on the field to try to figure out how to upgrade this off season. And once again, they have to do it with very little to no salary cap space. Now, I know fans are going to, uh, some fans continue to throw a fit about that. Yeah, year after year, they're not going to be able to get it done because they have no money. Don't worry about that. As long as Mickey Loomis and Kai Harley is in that front office, the Saints will figure out a way to make the finances work. The bigger concern is uh, you know, the, the assets, the lack of assets that they currently have. And like you said, you know, a lot of us expect if Sean Payton chooses the coach in 2023 uh, that the Saints will get a first-round pick for whoever gets his services, uh, but that's not a guarantee until it happens. Uh, yeah, the, so the Saints have uh, a lack of draft picks. Uh, yeah, the salary cap space, while they'll be able to make some moves, it still limits them. They have their own in-house free agents uh, yeah, to, to have to make decisions on, the biggest of which, in my opinion, is Caden Ellis. Uh, but you also have players like Jawan Johnson, Marcus Davenport, uh, David Onyemata, who played extremely well yesterday, uh, you know, along with uh, other salary cap decisions, you know, such as do you continue to carry big contracts, such as Cam Jordan and Demario Davis uh, and maybe Tyron Matthew. Uh, you know, Matthew finishes the year extremely uh, well. Jordan Davis continue to play at a high level, uh, but this is a business, as you guys know. So you, know, you see players from every team every offseason that are still playing well that get released for financial reasons. Will Davis or Cam be among those? Uh, yeah, there's so many storylines, not to mention, of course, the elephant in the room. Who the heck is going to play quarterback for this team you know, next year? Uh, you know, the other positions that desperately need an upgrade, defensive tackle, safety, running back behind Camara, wide receiver depth, things like that. Uh, it's going to be a never-ending news story cycle around this team all year long, or all offseason. Wait. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, what do you make of the uh, restructuring of Michael Thomas's contract? Uh, boy, I tell you, it makes it a heck of a lot easier for this team to move on from Michael Thomas if that's what they're eyeing up. Uh, you know, because you know, the contract, without getting into the specific finances, uh, you know, the contract is now set up where if Michael Thomas is a New Orleans Saint on, Mar- uh, on March 17th, which is the third day of the new league year, then he is due an incredible roster, incredibly sized roster bonus, hence salary cap hit for the following year. So that tells you that uh, you know, that opens the door rather 
for the team to either release Michael Thomas, designate him as a post-June 1st release, uh, you know, and you know, allow him to become a free agent, or maybe even try to figure out a way to trade Michael Thomas. Now, this guy, you know, uh, uh, Thomas will be 30, uh, you know, turn 30 this offseason. We saw early in the year before he went down with injury again that he is still an extremely physical and skilled and productive wide receiver. So uh, fans don't think if they trade him, don't think you're going to get a first-round pick for him. He's just been too, you know, too injured and too frail lately. Uh, but it's, it remains possible uh, yeah, that Michael Thomas could be traded. Uh, yeah, nevertheless, because of this restructure, I would be absolutely shocked if Michael Thomas were a Saint in 2023. Well, anyway, uh, also, Bob, 26 Saints players in the final year of their contracts and uh, destined for either restricted or unrestricted free agency and several more candidates to be released before the end of their contracts. And as you mentioned, you know, that's all going to come into play. Uh, of course, Andy Dalton signed a one-year deal with the Saints to be the backup for, I think, $3 million. Uh, elsewhere, uh, you know, running back Mark Ingram, Dwayne Washington, David Johnson. Ingram, of course, had a disappointing season. Alvin Kamara still has uh, some issues uh, with uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the law, so to speak. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Ingram's 33 years of age. Uh, elsewhere, Jarvis Landry, Deontay Hardy, Marquise Callaway. Uh, the Saints uh, have... Uh, uh, some issues there. They're looking at wide receivers, as you mentioned, and uh, tighties, tight end Jawan Johnson is a restrict will be a restricted free agent uh, elsewhere. The offensive line, Josh Andrews, Ethan Green. I mean, they've got a lot of people. That the defensive line with Davenport, Tuttle, uh, uh, elsewhere, Street, Roach, uh, Huggins. I mean, they have a lot of players they've got to address. So Mickey Loomis will be burning the midnight all between now and March when he has to make some decisions on who to keep, who to let go, and who to offer. Uh, Going to be an interesting off season for the New Orleans Saints, Bob. Uh, there's no question about it. Yeah, and listen, of all the names that you listed, uh, you know, offensively, I, can, I think we can expect most of those names to not be offered a, you know, much of a contract, if any contract at all, to return. Uh, I think it's possible that they try to bring Dalton back with the idea of him maybe backing up uh, the court, you know, whoever ends up being the quarterback next year. I think Jawan Johnson should be a priority, but he's a restricted free agent. So, you know, the team holds, holds all the cards there. Uh, but defensively, you mentioned Onyemata, Tottle, Street, Roach. This team doesn't have a defensive tackle currently under contract for 2023. And while that position... Uh, was underwhelming most of the year. I thought they played it very well down the stretch. Uh, Davenport, I don't think will be back. Uh, I think he's just going to command too much money on the open market and an already deep position for New Orleans. Uh, we mentioned Caden Ellis. Caden Ellis, in my opinion, among the unrestricted free agents for them, should be the top priority. Uh, you know, if you disagree, all you need to do is turn on the film of one New Orleans Saints game over the second half of the year, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden you'll be in agreement that Ellis is an important part of this defense. Uh, but, yeah, you know, Mickey Loomis is once again going to be challenged to juggle these finances, figure out a way to make it work, to put a competitive product on the field for the New Orleans Saints in 2023 because I know there's going to be fans calling for it. You know, a lot of fans, I understand your fury. I understand your frustration. You're in the, uh, in the mindset of fire everybody and start all over. 
<laughs> that's not the Saints' way, though. They're not going to do that. Uh, they're just going to retool uh, you know, and tinker around, but they plan on being competitive again going forward. Bob, uh, before we let you go, uh, certainly want to put an epitaph on uh, this particular season, and we certainly have uh, appreciated your joining us on Monday mornings uh, following Saints games or uh, in some rare occasions Monday night games in advance of Saints games, but uh, any final thoughts? Oh, guys, it's been a pleasure being with you all year long. Uh, you know, I appreciate your patience with me and certainly an honor to be included in your show. Uh, if I were to sum up the Saints season in one sentence, I'm going to echo the words of former coach Jim Mora. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Uh, and you, know, you go back along, among the schedule and highlight you know, each coulda, woulda, shoulda instance. Uh, you know, it's been a frustrating year. Uh, but you know, us at the Saints News Network, and folks, you can follow me at the Saints News Network or at Saints News on Twitter, along with my personal page, Bob Rose on Facebook or at BobbyR2613 on Twitter. We're going to continue to work for you guys through the off season. Uh, you know, just in what our 10, 15 minute segment here, we talked about you know, just to hit just the tip of the iceberg as far as the storylines that are going to be involving the New Orleans Saints. We're going to keep working and bring you all news stories, breaking news, uh, you know, ed- editorials and predictions throughout this off season. So, you know, please give us a follow and make sure you check out my show every Wednesday night. It's called the Bayou Blitz. Uh, we go live at 8 p.m. Central Time on Wednesdays, and you can also jump over onto YouTube and check out all of our past shows. We're gonna uh, we're gonna put on shows through the off season too. Gonna have some great guests and try to have a lot of fun. There you go, Bob. Uh, I'm thinking uh, about checking in with you again uh, in advance of the draft sometime uh, if you'll be accommodating enough. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, it's been an honor to be on with you guys. Uh, anytime you need me, uh, you know, shoot me a text, uh, you know, ring the phone, uh, you know, whatever you need. We got, you know, we got free agency. We got draft previews, draft analysis. You, know, you, you, you name it, I'll be there for you to the best of my ability. Once again, Bob, it's been a pleasure. Take care. Uh, enjoy the playoffs. Yeah, thank you. I don't. I, I might take a week or two off of watching football. I'm I, <laughs> after tonight's championship uh, college game. <laughs> there you go, Bob. Again, take care and uh, thanks again. Thank you, guys. Take All care. Right. Thank you, Bob. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, as always, we do in the last segment of our show by you sports today in sports history, January ninth in nineteen oh three, Frank Farrell and Bill Devery purchased the AL Baltimore franchise for eighteen thousand dollars, and they moved it to New York City, uh, called the New York Highlanders, and later changed their name in the nineteen fifteen to the New York Yankees. In nineteen forty two, in his twentieth title defense, Joe Lewis KO's Buddy Bear in the first round of their rematch to retain the world heavyweight boxing title at New York's Madison Square Garden. The reason I mentioned Buddy Bear, his brother, Max Bear, and of course Jethro Bodine's uh, dad, uh, was the heavyweight champion of the world. Meanwhile, in 1952, the Marines give notice that they recall uh, an outfielder from the Red Sox, the splendid splinter of the kid, Ted Williams, to active duty. In 1958, Oscar Robinson of the Cincinnati uh, uh, University. Royals. Yeah, no, the university no. scores 56 points in a college game. Uh, they beat Seton Hall 116 to 54. Robinson outscores the whole Seton Hall team by two points. Oscar Robinson, a little clip here. The only high school game he lost in his high school career 
was from a little school from Malena, Indiana, for the Indiana uh, semifinals as they go on to win the state championship in 1954, the only game in Oscar Robinson's high school career he lost. A little tidbit there. 1962, the NFL prohibits grabbing of the face mask. Of course, I don't think they were wearing face masks <laughs> before that time. Elsewhere in 1972, uh, led by future Lakers, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Milwaukee Bucks beat the Lakers 120-104. to The reason I mention this, it ends uh, the Lakers' 33-game winning streak, the longest winning streak in Major League Sports history. On this date in 77, that's 1977, the Super Bowl XI and Rose Bowl uh Pasadena, California. The Raiders beat the Vikings 32-14. to Fred Belitnikoff, the Mr. Greasy Man. Of course, he had all that grease on him catching passes. Uh, was the MVP in that game. In 79, Bobby Orr's number four jersey is retired by the Boston Bruins. On this date in 1989, Johnny Bench and Carl Yastrzemski elected to baseball's Hall of Fame. Also in 1990, Boston Celtics' worst ever six points in the second quarter versus the Nets in a 87-78 loss. Who would have thunk it? 1990, Jim Palmer and little Joe Morgan elected baseball's Hall of Fame on this date. In 1991, baseball officially bans Pete Rose from being elected to the Hall of Fame. He's uh, he's due to uh, uh, he's worthy of it, but uh, he was betting on baseball. They let Pete Rose in. They should let Shoeless Joe Jackson in. Elsewhere in 2000, the Miami Dolphin quarterback Dan Marino wins his last career NFL game, 20 to 17 versus the Seattle Seahawks. On this date in 2017, College Football National Championship at Raymond James Stadium as number two Clemson beats number one Alabama, 35-31. Birthdays today. Uh, born on this date in 1934, Bart Starr, the Hall of Fame quarterback with uh, and coach with the Green Bay Packers, born in Montgomery, Alabama. Of course, uh, Bart Starr passed away in 2019. Elsewhere on this date and born in 1936, a uh, man that gave up the famous home run in 1960, Ralph Terry. Born on this date, of course, he played with the Yankees, the Indians, the Mets. Born in Big Cabin, Oklahoma. Of course, he, too, passed away last year. Elsewhere, born on this date, 1965, the shortest man ever to win an NBA dunk contest, Muggsy Bowles, was born on this day at five foot three, won an NBA dunk slam championship in 86. And the quote of the day, I'm going to go back to Bart Starr. If anybody can recall Bart Starr, what a truly uh, fine gentleman and uh, quarterback with the Green Bay Packers under Vince Lombardi. Anyone can support a team that is winning. It takes no courage. But to stand behind a team, to defend a team when it's down and it really needs you, that takes a lot of courage. And believe me, I know that. I'll pull for the Tulane Green Wave. And, you know, I'm, I'm guessing he said that while he was the coach of the Green Bay Packers when they weren't winning versus when he was the quarterback and they were winning. Yeah, I think wasn't Zeke Burkowski his quarterback back yeah, it's then? It's possible. Uh, or maybe what did they call it? The miracle guy, Dan uh, Majeski. Maj- yeah, that that Maj- was much later. It was, that was okay. much later, yeah. Anyway, I can remember him. He was called the magic man for a game or two. He pulled Majewski, out. I think. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Anyway. Uh, then, then Brett Favre kind of knocked him off. Yeah, the, that kind of happened that way. Uh, amazing. And uh, they picked him up from the Falcons who drafted – but far in the second or third round, I do believe, out of Southern Miss. Anyway, uh, that's today in sports history, January 9th, uh, here on a Monday. And, again, I uh, want to let folks know the passing of Lee Kay, uh, our uh, own in-house uh, Lee Kay. He will be missed. And uh, Jeff on Tesh Matters this morning accepting phone calls for people who want to give their thoughts and uh, prayers to Lee Kay and just uh, how he's remembered th- through them from his uh, – 
uh, I guess, uh, DJ uh, here at Kane uh, Radio for many years, going back into the mid-60s all the way until uh, last week. So, uh, anyway, that's today on Tesh Matters. Jeff, uh, anything more? We'll look forward to that, uh, indeed, opening up phone lines for that. In the meantime, I want to thank our guest today, Bob Rose, and as always, our sponsors, Jacob Landry, candidate for State Representative District 49, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, and Schwing Insurance.